It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. And I really can't believe that I'm sitting here talking to Ernie Hudson right now. I I mean, this is, I've grown up watching you. I continue to watch you. You're an absolute icon. Thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm, um, yeah, it's great. I'm, yeah, it's great. Thank you. I mean, absolutely anytime. But we're, we're of course, here because today, this is airing on the day that season three of the family business premieres on the plus. You play the patriarch, Elsie Duncan, yes. exotic car dealer by day, drug don by night. This is, it's, I gotta say, it's, it's weird watching you be so um, ruthless. Is this <laughs> well, a fun part I, for you? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to do this role because, you know, after Ghostbusters, uh, I'm tend to be thought of as, you know, the nice guy, the guy. You're just who, too beloved. You know, uh, yeah, so to do something out of character, and yet this character, he has his moments, he loves his family, Um, so there is that side, but he can be gangster if he has to be. I mean, I was a huge fan of Oz, so I have seen you be mean before, and I have to say, I, I just blocked it out. I just I went right back to <laughs> beloved Ernie Hudson, who would be great in any crisis situation. And I just put that on a shelf, even though you were wonderful. Um, uh, <laughs> this, yeah, this show, uh, it's got. It, so I wanted to ask about the family dynamics that you brought up, because it, it, it really it it gives you both angles of this character. Like it feels right. like antiheroes usually just get to be white. We're, yeah. Yeah. Are no, you intentionally right. subverting I mean, that? Yeah, you know, when I read the book, Carl Weber has a series of books based on this family. And I love that fact about him. I mean, Elsie, the character I play, is the first person in his family to go to college. He's he's a businessman. But um, like so many people, he doesn't feel playing by the rules will get him and his family where he wants to be. So he gets into this other underworld but uh, he knows he has to be what he needs to be. But I, I, I just love the, the family aspect of it. And also seeing a family where I get to see different colors and different shades from the different characters that I haven't really seen that in television and film. So well, um, the relationships really show and the longevity, I think, of this of this project shows because of the familiar relationships. Like you would have to root for you, even though you're doing terrible things and it's because of the love. <laughs> well, yeah, I, th- I think so. It, um, yeah. And it's a wonderful cast of um, actors. Uh, they all, you know, bring something different to each character. And uh, Valerie Pettiford plays my wife, who's amazing. I just enjoy watching her do what she does, but um yeah, you know, and it's also a, a black family that isn't. I've seen so many shows where they're either strung out on drugs or some horrible story, and um, there's some things I don't particularly like what this family does. Sure. But I do love seeing them love and care about each other and look out for each other. I think just being complicated characters is fun. Like on the flip side, you also get those the the families where I think 
in terms of representation, you're trying so hard to show a, a healthy family, a good family yeah. dynamic, you know, dad going, going back to, to the Hugstables, you know, dad is a, a, a doctor and mom is a lawyer and everyone is right. good. And your biggest problems are, you know, the popular girls at school don't like the daughter. And this is not yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is definitely not that. And um, yeah, no, this is definitely not that. It's um, a family that's ambitious and driven and um, they're powerful and they wield their power. And, um, you know, they're not uh, a family that sort of uh, is waiting for things to happen. They're they're out there. And uh, that's for me, that's very exciting. And you're actually an executive producer on this project. You don't just star in it. Um, right. What what made you want to have that role for this material? You know, so many uh, shows I've worked on uh, as an actor, um, so many changes happen. I have no influence, nothing really to say about other than how I want to play my character. I wanted this show to hold on to that family dynamic and I wanted to be able to have a, a voice at the table. And uh, also I was very helpful in getting it done just by my being in it. Um, I was able, we were able to bring people in who otherwise might not have been. And so, um, but my real job is the acting, but um, you know, when needed, um, I take on the other role, but we have a great uh, producing crew. Um, Indy Brown is the executive producer. Of course, Carl is and Trey mm -hmm. Haley. So they, they're good at what they do, but from time to time, uh, I want to know at least that I'm heard and, and have some influence. It must be really gratifying to be at that place in your career after everything that you, I mean, you, you have been such a constant presence in so many movies that kind of never went away. Like they, they, people still love just about everything that you have decided to put your imprimatur on. I want to ask you about a million of them, but I think we have to talk about Ghostbusters because Afterlife is is coming out. Yeah. I have read, they're not even reviews at this point, just the people lucky enough to have seen the, the screeners. And right. it seems to be universally adored at this point. It yeah. feels like you got it really right. And I want to ask specifically about Winston because I've, I've known the story of Winston, that Winston was sort of the least fleshed out character in the first one. A lot of the script got cut. A lot of the backstory got cut. You said that in Afterlife, Winston really finally gets to come into his own. And I just wanted to ask you to tell me as much as you possibly can about that. <laughs> well, first off, I'm not allowed to say whether I'm in the movie or not. So that's something okay. that fans will have to... Uh, wait I was reading see. between lines. Yeah, right. Very hopeful so, that my read is correct. <laughs> but what I am excited about is uh, I, I, I saw everyone uh, before making the movie, and I saw you know a lot of the people I hadn't seen since in in a while. And it was almost a spiritual journey for me too, because this movie has had such an impact on my life. But also seeing the new cast and them moving it into a different time and generation. Um, it's amazing. And uh, Jason Reitman, who was six years old when we made the first movie, Ivan Reitman's son, and an amazing director in his own right, but taking over the helm and um, and he and with a love for the for the film in the same way that fans have it. So and I think that really, uh, really made the difference. But uh, I'm and I'm, I'm really excited. But I think it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. And 
yeah, fans have been waiting a, a long time. Long time. I think Ghostbusters was like the first movie that I saw in a drive-in. And I remember being terrified, just terrified by the library scene and, and trying to hide how scared I was because I knew my mom would take me home if she knew that I was going to have nightmares, which of course I was, but I really wanted to see the rest of this movie. And I'm really excited to see Afterlife. Can, can I ask, not about Afterlife, not talking about any of that. Sure, yeah. What should Winston have been? Like what character, if we had gotten to meet the character that you were preparing to show us, what right. kind of guy would we have met? Well, we well Winston was um, uh, a military uh, demolitions expert, uh, high ranking, had gotten out of the military, was looking for work like we had, came in early on. So when we went into um, the whole ghost busing started, he was there. Winston in the first script was the one who got slimed in the hallway. Uh, Winston was the one who thought up the marshmallow man. And uh, I think it was being probably prepared for Eddie Murphy because Eddie was at a certain level, you know, he was a star. Sure. And the other guys were, you know, really established. And I was kind of a new guy coming in. And I think just before we started, the studio said, well, wait a minute. Why are we giving him all of this when we can let somebody else do it? And, uh, you know, I, I look at it now because I only saw that from the perspective of me, the actor. Uh, Ivan and I, Ivan Reitman and I, we talked about it, and he was looking at it from a producer side. Now that I'm producing, I see, okay, those are choices made. They weren't personal, even though they felt very personal to me. Right. But I think the way, whatever decisions were made, it ended up being just a, a wonderful movie that we're still um, enjoying 40 years later. Well, yeah. And obviously, I mean, you're sort of the heart and soul of this. Movie. Like, You cannot make a Ghostbusters without Ernie Hudson. And we know that because they have tried and it doesn't work. Just give you the part. We don't want anybody else playing Winston. We don't want anybody else voicing Winston. We don't want to think about anybody else when Winston comes up. So I'm, I'm hopeful that this one gives you everything that you need from it and everything that the audience, frankly, at this point deserves. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, you know, one of the things that I didn't do the animation uh, after the movie, the studio. Oh, for, sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, uh, you know, so there are a lot of things that I kind of, but like I said, after all this time, I'm just very thankful to be part of the franchise. Yeah, well, I guess. And and it's it's not just Ghostbusters. There are like countless movies that were yeah. staples of my teendom, I would say. I mean, Airheads, um, Congo, <laughs> Crow was the first R-rated movie I ever snuck into. Um, yeah. Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Like these are all movies that I have very fixed at a certain point in my life. But when I talk to young people today, they know them. Like they're still, yeah. these are still, they still have resonance. So how are you, how do you pick projects? Do you know going in that you really got a winner? Cause you seem very good at picking winners. Well, I, well, that's, um, I thank the universe for that because, um, there hasn't been a whole lot of uh, offers that I've turned down. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you hope when you get in a show that, um, uh, you know, everybody's going to bring their best. I remember doing the crow Brandon, uh, I love Brandon. He was a, a, a good friend. And, uh, but I knew Alex, you, you know, the people you're working with. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, you know, you really trust them. The, the good projects, you trust the people. 
Um, and I think that's, you know, that's the difference. And of course, I've been in a lot that people haven't uh, talked much about, but I've been very fortunate uh, with some of the movies. Is it, do you ever go back and rewatch the things that you've done from, you know, 10, 20 years ago? Is that something that you, you did with your kids? Like, um, do you ever get well, to see other people experience them for the first time? Well, Ghostbusters is different because Ghostbusters crosses generations. You know, little kids love Ghostbusters. Old people love Ghostbusters. So families watch it together. I've seen it with my grandkids. Um, uh, unlike The Crow, which is there's a certain time in yeah, life. No, you don't watch the that Crow, with your grandkids. But, but you don't want the, yeah. So, um, you know, but there's some, Congo was a fun movie. Um, I love Congo. You know, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> if it's on, I watch it. It's one of those movies. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but uh, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle was not for the grandkids either. So, you know, it's um, and it's nice when I see people and they all have a different. I was talking to someone this morning um, about Leviathan, which people rarely, you know, mention. But um, and so that means a lot because, you know, people, yeah, they they find different ones. And movies are kind of forever because. People say, I saw you last night on TV and I have no idea what they saw because it could have been. And they mean something from, from 1996. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I want to embarrass my producer a little bit because I love her. Um, I don't think I've ever seen her more excited about an interview that we booked oh. on Signal Boost. She absolutely loves you. And oh, she is that's great. young. So how, how does it feel to be a national treasure to people in their 20s? Like they don't like anything or anyone and they like you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I, you know, I have four sons. Uh, I have grandkids. I have great grandkids. And um, yeah, you know, life moves on. And as you get older, you become aware of that. So I'm very, uh, very thankful to still be in the mind of young people and yeah, it's just very appreciative. But, you know, it, it, as I get older, it almost feels like like clouds sort of passing through, you know. And uh, over the years, I've lost so many good friends. So it's nice to be in something that still connects with people, even generations coming through, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think Ghostbusters is, is eternal. That's not like that is that is a story that I fully expect to share with my grandkids. And that's yeah. Well, yeah, I was at a, um, a convention and I saw this family. Uh, they were together and they had a 10 month old baby who had a Ghostbuster jumpsuit with a little name on it. And it was so I said, this is amazing. What did you find this jumpsuit? And the mother said, I made it for him, which is the dad, you know, who was about 30 uh, over and uh when he was a baby and now his son is wearing it so it just you know shows how it just um uh, yeah it, it kind of and little kids are just uh just adore it you know so that's great yeah yeah that must be an absolutely mind-blowing experience to meet generations of a family that all feel that way about you <laughs> so it is, it is. I know Ghostbusters isn't traditional horror. I wouldn't put it into that category as, as freaked out as I was when, when I was a child watching it. Um, I was too young, probably. Can you be too young for Ghostbusters? I don't know. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I've, I've watched uh, little kids, uh, you know, see the movie. The librarian, 
if you can get yeah, past the librarian, you know, but that's where the ride begins. And some yeah. kids like, no, I, I, I don't want to deal with it. Um, was- you know, but my kids, my uh, younger kids, when they saw that, it was like, no, no. You know, so it took them a while before they came back to it. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun um, sort of. And I think all of us have that part where we're not sure what's in the afterlife you know, what right. comes next. And um, so who's in the closet when the lights are out, you know, so it touched on all that stuff in a very comedic way. Yes. And it has, I mean, it just has like so much heart and so much New York that it's, 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 it, you can't, you can't just classify it as horror, but I, I do want to ask you a little bit about horror right now and, and black horror specifically, you which is, you know, it's a genre that is not new. <laughs> it has been around, but you had to, yeah. it, it was you and Tony Todd and Melvin Van Peebles, but it was it was a short list of people who were actually able to be in the genre. And now you have these black creators and filmmakers yeah. and directors and producers telling stories about race in explicit and really interesting ways. I just wanted to ask you to reflect on that. And are, are you watching? Are you Are you happy with what you're seeing? Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I haven't seen a lot because I don't really watch a lot of horror stories because I still get freaked out and I can't sleep without the lights on for a couple of days. So, but uh, I'm just so happy with the diversity, um, the racial diversity, the the you know the sexual diversity that we're seeing in movies and TV. I think uh, the studios have stepped up, uh, and that's wonderful, you know. And you see a movie like Get Out. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody has their own take. I'm sure whites see it differently than blacks. It's a different story, depending on, you know, so those things will, I think, bind us together and, um, and realize that we share so much. I mean, it's, it's, it's not that much, if any difference that I don't see, but so I'm happy that they're there and I'm happy that, um, I, I did a movie years ago. It was an awful movie called The Human Tornado. And um, seen that one. people, yeah, with Rudy Ray Moore. And, uh, but it, the, the fan base is pretty much uh, all white. And yet it was, you know, he, it was, Eddie Murphy did a, a movie based on his life, the Rudy Ray Moore story. But um yeah, you know, it's, it's great to see people finding things and then realizing it's not about uh, the color, but it's about the this journey that we're all on. I wanted to ask you about your your journey over the last 18 months. You were in uh, what I think is my favorite piece of pandemic content, which was the uh, Princess Bride home movie. You played one of the <laughs> yeah. Humperdings. Um, yeah. Did you do, like, how did that come about? And was that the most fun you had in pandemic? Or did you have some secret that the rest of us didn't? Well, first off, when the pandemic happened, and my wife and I, I, they were talking about pre-existing conditions. And I told my wife, you know what? This is a time to get healthy. So we both ended up losing about 30 pounds. Um, And I um, I really watched what I was eating and, and just used that time well. But I also worked during that time. I went to the Cayman Islands and shot a movie with uh, Nicolas Cage, um, an action movie called The Retirement Plan, which is a lot of fun. Nice. Um, I got a chance to, um, you know, beat up some people, and uh, which is always fun at my age to to do that stuff. Um, 
Uh, I shot a movie in Vegas with um, uh, Brian Cox from um, uh, uh, Secession and sure. uh, Kate Beckinsale. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so I've, I've been busy um, during the time and productive. Um, and I can't remember what your question was. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> how would you handle pandemic? And it sounds like you did it like a champ. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, I thought, OK. And I've been asking for some time to be home. So it was a great time for me and my wife to really realize that, uh, you know, it's the two of us. You know, uh, I realized that. Uh, we still like each other, which is nice. Yeah. And, you know, the, the funny thing is uh, that she's probably the only, not probably, she is the only person that, uh, my world would end because my world, she consists, she's such a part of everything. Anyone else, you know, uh, I spend time with here and there, but uh, yeah. And I think it's good to, to be at this place because it took me a long time to get here. One final question before I let you know, uh, Grace and Frankie is going to come to an end next year. Can you tell me if there's any chance that you will be making a reappearance? Well, I was under the impression that I would. But then the pandemic happened and we okay. shut production down and, and I haven't heard back from them since. I would love to because I love working on the show. I love Lily Tomlin, um, Jane. I mean, it's a great cast. But so far, uh, they haven't called. And because um, I can't call them. Well, we will make <laughs> sure I'd, to call I'd them to on your them. behalf. We have lots of yeah. listeners. <laughs> well, I'm sure I want to see you. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to, to go back and. And I'm so happy that that fan base for that movie is just so broad. Young people love it. And I think they discover that uh, people over 60 still have a life. You know? so <laughs> they still, you know, do stupid stuff. And so that's good. You don't see a lot of that. No, you don't. It's nice to be reminded that uh, nobody actually figures it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. Ernie Hudson, um, thank you so much for all of the movies and all of the fun and also hanging out with me today. This has just been great. Well, thank you. It's been great hanging out with you. you Everybody's going to watch The Family Business Season 3 BET Plus today. Thank you so much, Ernie. Great. Thank you. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening. 